What gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dusty Dimes. So another pretty relaxed uh podcast today. We're gonna have a uh, special guest, uh TJ, do you wanna introduce him real quick? Yeah, we're gonna have Eric Valson. He's uh, a beauty. Brooklyn Brooklyn's finest. Brooklyn's finest. That's all I'm gonna say. And you'll you'll understand why when he gets on. I'll tell you right now. Um if we're saying Brooklyn's finest. You know what? Yeah, we'll see. We just gotta see. We gotta see. He's a beauty. But, He's a beauty. Uh, I tell you. And then, so, and then, and then, and then, one of one of my old buddies from Staten, Italy, Staten Island, is coming on after him tonight. So, and you, you'll appreciate this guy. I feel like is this gonna be like a Guido show? In a it, sense? it might. It might. But Valson okay. Valson's not a Guido. Fuck! I don't have gel <laughs> or hair. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Valson. Boys, what's going on? How are you, man? Nice to meet you. I'm good. What's going on? How are you? Not too shabby, man. Um, so TJ said about you, and he's saying that you're a goaltender for roller, man. So what what made you want to throw the pads on and play roller as a goalie, in a sense? Uh, I'm 35, so you know I got uh, I got some tread on the tires still, but uh, it was probably. Summer of 1993, both of my parents were teachers, so we were lucky enough to have a country house in Canada, mm-hmm. in Quebec, and uh, the Montreal Canadiens just came off of their uh, 26th Stanley Cup championship. So our neighbor um, wanted me to get net one day. I was a catcher. That's how he convinced me. Uh, so I put my catcher's gear on, and he shot pucks, and uh, it didn't feel too good. But after that, I was hooked, and then obviously uh, – the 93-94 season, being a New Yorker, the Rangers were on that, that little run. And uh, I was hooked after that, after uh, after seeing Mike Richter's Liberty Head goalie helmet. That was that was it. Now, did you happen to play on the ice as a goaltender? Or yeah. That... Yeah, okay. I actually. So I played both growing up. Um, and then maybe when I was around 13, I decided to, to just stick to ice. But I played played roller and ice for about three years. Uh, then maybe my eighth grade or my ninth grade year, I think I just decided to play ice, played ice a little bit through college. Uh, and then really kind of started getting back into roller a couple of years ago. Um, just something that I guess I, I thought, uh, I didn't have the bug, but I still had it in me, uh, and, and working, uh, working where I work, I was able to, to facilitate that. Now, when you just, I mean, are you still playing for the Alliance or, uh, no, the, uh, the Alliance, uh, is no longer an Alliance, uh, unfortunately. Um, but I still play, uh, I still play men's league, uh, with a couple of guys that, uh, that played, played Alliance as well. Uh, I play over at Tab Ramos in, in, uh, Aberdeen in New Jersey, uh, in a, a Wednesday night over 30 draft league and, uh, an open, uh, over 30 draft league that, uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be bass. Uh, asked back every season because uh, the, the talent <laughs> the talent's really good. Um, you know, no, there's there's some guys that that play for uh, for Team USA. Uh, there's another there's a couple of younger guys that uh, as I get older and the league gets younger, I, I have no idea why they want to keep me around, but I must be do, I must be doing something right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. I haven't been on the ice in years. Uh, I guess kind of once I got the roller bug back in me, uh, the games are shorter. Uh, an 11 o'clock roller game ends around 12, as opposed to an ice game that starts at 11 ends around, you know, 1240. Uh, <laughs> so waking up for work the next day gets a little bit easier. Now, would you have to say as you're getting older and you're seeing a lot younger guys come in, that would be your biggest challenge as a goaltender nowadays? Or is there something else would you have to say would be like your biggest challenge to see nowadays? I think that, yeah, I think that in the one league, the, the Platinum Open League, um, just the skill. I mean, obviously, it's not the NHL, but people that kind of watch hockey, uh, the younger that, that the league gets, uh, I would mm-hmm. think at you know, any professional level, uh, you can see kind of the, the gap in talent, um, you know, even if it's, if it's a couple of birth years apart. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the skill is probably the biggest thing. And I'm, I'm only 5'8", so I use the height to the best that I can. Uh, but, you know, th- those guys that are better, if you give them a small window, they'll definitely break through to it. Now, TJ, before you chime in here, um, do you have a favorite <laughs> tournament that you could say that you played in? Uh, I think probably with the Alliance. Uh, I think playing for Nationals is a pretty cool experience. Um, it was minor pro. It was still pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, the men's league tournaments are always good. 
Uh, you see the same faces. TJ's seen me on the rink and net. Um, you know, so once a year, you kind of see the same groups of guys. This last year, I went out to Vegas and played in the Labeda Cup. I've done Winter Wars a couple times. So the, the men's league tournaments are a lot of fun as well. Oh, that's awesome, man. TJ, do you want to chime in? I've been ripping. No, no, you're good. You're good, man. No, I just, Eric, can you touch on the, uh, the FHL call yeah. up that you had? Yeah. So, uh, after I graduated college, I, uh, I was lucky enough to coach youth hockey over at Aviator in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I was the goalie coach, and I coached uh, Bantam Travel as well for the f- three years I was there. And in the 2000, let's see, I graduated in 08, so it must have been 2009, 2010. Uh, I believe it was either the NEPHL or the uh, EPHL um, started there. Uh the NEPHL was known as the now everybody plays professional league <laughs> and uh, the, the EPHL was everybody plays professional league. And then, it, and then it became the federal hockey league. So my first year I was on the ice for a couple of practices when they need a goalie. Uh, and then my second year uh, there, which would have been 2010, 2011, they switched coaches. Um, I hit it off with the coach when he was a player and he was lucky enough to kind of keep me around as uh, the third string goalie, practice goalie, and emergency backup. So, uh, you know, I, I, I saw a little bit of game action, but even then, uh, you know, playing hockey, I played, uh, I was redshirted uh, one year when uh, when I went to SUNY Morrisville when it was a junior college. I don't even know if that's still a thing now. Um, and then my second year, I played club, and then I transferred schools, and I went to SUNY Brockport for uh, it was going to be two years, but I decided to double major and sold it to my parents as, uh, you know, I wanted a double major, but I really enjoyed college as well. Um, so I stayed for another four. Um, and then when I ended up graduating, like I said, I ended up coaching uh, youth hockey. And then um, I didn't play probably for about five seasons besides men league, men's league. And, you know, to go back to circle back to what I said before about playing in men's league roller, even in that low level, a FHL league, um, you know, there were some guys, there was a guy, Casey Timmons, who was a second round pick of Colorado in like 2007. Uh, you know, there's, uh, I think, uh, Pierre Dagenet played for the Canadians. Like there were a couple of guys on each team that were pretty good, but just the, the talent level and practice, it, it's, it was unbelievable. Uh, and I guess I was either really good in the locker room or really good at opening the doors because I was able to do that for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so... You also, you're working for Hockey Monkey as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, so I've, I've How'd done you get that. Into that? Uh, I was coaching and uh, the smiles didn't pay the bills and I kind of wanted something a little bit more challenging. Um, so my last year coaching, I started working at, uh, at Monkey Sports or Hockey Monkey in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Uh, I didn't realize how big of a time commitment it would be, I think, between you know, TJ coaches youth hockey as well. Mike, I don't know if you, if you coach, but it's a grind. And I had probably, I had Thanksgiving off, Christmas day off, and then maybe St. Patrick's day off from September till March uh, and working full time. So it was busy and I kind of had to make a decision and I I decided to stick with monkey sports and uh, this fall will be nine years. So it's been a, yeah, it's been a good run, Matt. Been able to been able to, you know, do some pretty cool things, meet some pretty cool people. And, uh, you know, it's uh, when I was younger, my mom, obviously seeing the price of goaltending equipment, it's pretty expensive. She said, you know, I hope you you get a job one day that can pay for these expensive tastes. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I ended up I I ended up backing into this job. And uh, it's it's really awesome. It's uh, I work with a good group of people. I work with TJ's brother in law, uh, this this kid, Eric Daw, who who, uh, I guess you could say we're like Bert and Ernie or Mary Kate and Ashley, whatever kind of famous (laughs) two. Very true. Very uh, true. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we get along well, and uh, I'm lucky enough that I'm the assistant store manager. Uh, the store manager, Mike, he plays one more night a week than me. He's 60 years old. I play three nights. He plays four nights. Um, shit. Yeah. Mike. Mike's a beauty. Yeah. Mike's a beauty. <laughs> this he is. He is a. Uh, he's probably the the colonel in the Rangers police. He's probably the biggest Rangers fan I've ever met. <laughs> um, but great guy, and you know, great great group of people over the last eight years. Uh, I've worked with a group of three brothers, obviously, you know, oldest to youngest now. Um, one of the guys that you had on the podcast, Jake Lakatos, he was in as a customer and he now works there. So, uh, you know, there, there's some pretty good relationships that you get to form uh, through hockey, as you guys are aware, uh, not only through playing, but, you know, giving back and, and working and coaching and things like that. No, absolutely, man. That's what makes hockey such a beautiful sport. You just never know. 
like how small of a world it really is until like you actually run into someone you're like oh shit yeah well i i, I, like, I mean it, it's funny that you say that mike because it's how i met valson was through mm-hmm. eric at an open hockey one night yeah and Holy him and i shit. him and me and valson almost went fucking toe-to-toe to fight <laughs> And uh, to like this day, so, to this day, it's like we just—you look past that bullshit, and it's you know, let's be honest. your boys now. Yeah, yeah. Was like, TJ being a douche, or was TJ being a douche? Uh, you know, I, I, in full clarity, I probably had it coming. I didn't really know who he was. I there are times where uh, I don't realize I'm five eight <laughs> when I skate out, and uh, you know, obviously there was a little bit of a size mismatch. And the next time TJ and I saw each other, we both looked at each other and like, what were we doing? And yeah, so, you know, and, since and then. the funny and, and the best part about it though was is like I grabbed Valson, and this is the first time like Eric started working at Monkey. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, you got to knock that off. That's my boss. And I'm like, oh fuck, I feel like such a dick. <laughs> like you piece of shit, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens, you know. And, and like I said to this day, like I I do anything for Eric, you know, or Valson. Like, yeah, I, I would, you know, it's it's how it is. So I guess, I don't know, man, like my, one of my last questions and it's kind of, kind of answer in a sense, but I was going to say, what makes you love hockey? But uh, I don't know mine. I know for me, it's one of those things that just getting to know people, being able to travel, meeting good people. And don't get me wrong. There's guys that I wanted to pump on the ice, but afterwards I definitely have a beer. With. Yeah. So even in men's league, man, I had this rival f- with this guy from like an entire season. And then um, I was talking excuse me i was talking about his kid and um his kid is just like a really good player for um, a high school team that's locally around here and he's a freshman playing varsity but either way at the end of our men's league championship game he came up to me and you know we settled everything we just you know shook hands he's like listen i'm sorry for being a scumbag and at the end it was like hey man i don't know why i was so fucking heated but it's men's league i'm not winning anything after this yeah we're we're playing for picture for instagram pictures and beer that's literally (laughs) it so my question will be, what makes you love hockey? You know, I, I think with, with some of the, the depth in my years that I've gotten, you know, I think the whether you're playing competitively or men's league, I just think it's the, you know, maybe the, either the locker room or the bar after the game, you know, you get people together and you get people from all walks of life. You know, it's a, whether it's a banker, a union guy, a guy that works retail, a guy in finance. And, you know, you, you're all there for the same thing. And, uh, you know, that that's the kind of, uh, I guess, the it breaks down the doors. Um, yep. You know, and I guess if you can play, as cheesy as it is, if you can play, uh, you know, I think that's kind of the end. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing. You know, I, I, I've been in locker rooms where uh, it hasn't been the most cohesive and, I've, and the team was really good. And I've been in locker rooms where the locker room was really cohesive and the team was terrible. But. Uh, you know, there, there are things that, uh, that you, you have bonds with people, um, that you don't really realize when you first get together, whether it's someone you get along with or don't get along with it, uh, kind of stick with you for the rest of your life. No, absolutely. And that's the sick part. Like I said about hockey, it's just, you never know where it's going to take you. And at the same time, you never know who you're going to run into and meet and the friendship, the friendships and that you're going to develop. And it's nice because, I think all my friends now that I have maybe like six friends that are close to me, I met them all through hockey. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's one of those things that I, we all had a passion for it. And in our free time, it's like, Oh, what do you want to do? Not really sit on Xbox or anything. It's like, Oh, let's go, you know, open hockey. Let's go to stick and puck. Yeah. I, I got, I, I got a, I got a quick story about, about uh, now that we're talking about it. I was home yeah. for, uh, for intercession and my, my father was a professor for, a couple of different universities over the course of, of his, uh, his teaching career. And he was teaching at St. Francis in Brooklyn, New York. And my parents are at the, you know, they're still proud of me, but uh, you know, I was in college, double majoring, all that stuff. And my dad would always talk highly of me. And I went to, uh, to this high school in Brooklyn called Severian. It was an all boys high school. Now it's co-ed. Uh, but I was at a friend's party and I, I just started talking and I was talking about how my dad was a teacher. And this kid came up to me and he's like, is your dad Mr. Valson? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you're his son. And the kid was 19 at the time, and I might have been 24, 25. His name's, his name's Chris Kenzel. And to this day, ever since then, I would probably say we don't go maybe three days without talking to each other. And that was probably 10 years ago. Holy <laughs> shit. And he, he played hockey as well. So, you know, my, my, the, the start of the conversation with my dad and him and this other kid, Steve Kelly, that was in the class, 
was, you know, my son played hockey at Severian, and they both went to Severian and played hockey. That's sick. That's literally so cool to hear that. And then, you know, like I said, you basically made a lifetime friend out yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's... you just never know where hockey's going to take you. Yeah. That's why I love it. So, real <laughs> quick, uh, what's your prediction for the game tonight? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, Carolina hasn't been in this position uh, yet so far this postseason. The fuck Boston. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, at, I grew up a Rangers fan. I mean, we can get into that later. Uh, it was kind of, you know, not a bad breakup, but not the healthiest relationship. Um, Question. Uh, not to yeah. interrupt you. Uh, since you guys lost Zuccarello, do you think that your team is, like, done for right now? Because I, I've been hearing rumors that it might be Hankey's last year, and if that happens, I, I, I... Yeah, there's... It... The Russian goalie from the KHL that they got, obviously, he's done very, you know, he's done pretty well over in the KHL, but mm-hmm. there is a smaller rank. Obviously, skill level's a little bit higher. There will be, you know, kind of a transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, Hank is still Hank, I think. I just don't know if, you know, for a guy who look, you look at a guy like Thornton, it would be a great story if he won. Luongo, you know, you look at these guys that, are arguably, you know, the greats of, of guys that we grew up watching. Uh, as much as I want to say, I don't know. I really don't know. But looking at it, I just don't know without making a move or two, whether free agency with Panarin or Carlson or making a trade plus one of those moves, how mm-hmm. they stay relevant in the East. Because no, no one's really not getting better. You know, even the teams that miss the playoffs, you know, if Buffalo gets a coach. And they get <laughs> and they get some saves. You know, there's a lot of ifs, but then again, having a, a top flight goalie definitely helps. Absolutely. And I mean goalies can steal the game. Yeah, it's and- uh you know, getting back to tonight, speaking of goaltending, this is uh, you know, watching games obviously I have a little bit of soft spot for goalies. This is this is the best that I've seen Tuka Rask play um ever in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I think some of that is is due to the, the timeshare aspect that teams are doing. Uh, he missed some time with an injury, but, you know, uh, throttling down on goalie starts and not having, you know, ten, 20 years ago, Grant Fuhr had 79 starts out of an 82-game season. You know, Marty Berger did that twice with 78 starts. I I just don't see goalies now. You know, last year, Holtby barely had 60. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, yeah, he had a magical run in the playoffs, but it seems that the NHL is go, going to – to more of a timeshare and I think Rask is probably better than either of the two goalies that Carolina has but momentum is a game-to-game thing in the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah you truly just don't know it's playoffs look at the teams that went through the first round look at look at the you know defending Stanley Cup champions knocked out first round yeah from an underdog story in a sense yeah so I, I mean it's playoffs. You truly don't know. But at the same time, if Mrazic's going to play like game two again, you might as well just pack your shit now. Yep. Go on home and just give him the cup. Yeah. Because, and I hate to say it too, I would love to see San Jose move on for, you know, I would love to see a Boston San Jose series. But the way Boston's playing right now, the way that Pasta's playing, even the way that Charlie Coyle's playing, yeah. like they're all firing on all cylinders. So I, like they're a dangerous team right now. Their defense is actually getting into rushes. So I hate to say, and like you said too, Tuka, this is the most I've ever seen him as a consistent goalie in seasons, years. Yeah. And for, I think TJ, we both said it uh, a couple podcasts ago. It's just like you never know what kind of goal you're going to get out of Tuka. And this play, entire playoffs, he's just been nothing but a phenomenal goaltender. Yeah, he's he. You know, th- there's not peaks and valleys. He's just flatlining right now, and usually that's a bad thing. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it, him and Bennington too. You know, watching kind of, uh, and even in the West, you know, you look at you look at the start that Martin Jones had to the playoffs, and even the regular season, to see that 180 that he made. I don't think even you know the the biggest bandwagon or the, you know the the biggest strongest drum beating Sharks fan thought that even without that call in Game Seven, that San Jose would even get to that point. Exactly. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. But I don't know, man. TJ, how's I mean, Lanny's pretty stoked. He's a San Jose fan. Yeah. Yeah. He he woke up this morning and he uh, he FaceTimes me like when he wakes up and uh, 
He's like, oh, the Sharks lost. I'm like, it's okay, man. It's all right. He's like, well, they'll take it in six. That's what he says. I'm <laughs> so confident. That sounds about oh, right. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Very confident. Like, I'm like, all right. The kid's a bully on the ice, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw, you know, the, the slap shot video you had. He definitely has a better shot than me now as a 35-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it's funny, though, because in his division, he you're not allowed to take slap yeah. shots, and he doesn't, he doesn't care. He does it anyway. <laughs> so, I got Mike. Mike, do you coach at all? Uh, sort of. I used to coach. I used to coach at uh, 16s. Okay. Mike, so. w- Mike was my equipment manager for juniors. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my question to you guys is with, obviously, you know, the three of us have coached with the, I, I believe the last USA hockey meeting, they were looking to take hitting out of Bantams now as well. With, with, with small ice and cross ice at the younger levels, do you guys see the benefit of, I would probably say, you know, if you look at three or four years ago or maybe five years ago when they instituted the mandatory cross ice and took out hitting, do you guys see a difference in those kids, uh, I guess, now as opposed to four or five years ago playing in terms of skill? Because I feel like that was made to improve the skill and puck touches and things like that. I I feel that even though, like, from coaching a junior level down, I feel that kids now are more finesse and they, they're making the game soft where they don't want to get hit. Sure. And, and then when they do get hit, it's – it's either a major or a double minor because it looks so bad because they're not used to getting hit. My, my biggest argument is I, I, I can definitely agree. I mean, everything's going to nothing but pure speed, finesse, and just what you're able to do in like, you know, tight situations. But when it comes to actually taking a hit, I see a lot of kids ducking. I see a lot of kids getting basically a knee to the, you know, to the temple in a sense, because they are ducking hits and, I think it's just stupid. I mean, you need to learn how to hit at an early age or else you're going to learn the wrong way. And you're just going to be like, oh, I can hit anyone like I want to, like the NHL in a sense, jump hits or jump into hits, you know, jump with your elbow out. It's just, I, I haven't seen it since what? Bantam? Actually, yeah, since Bantam, yeah. you can hit. But well, I, I, I'll, I'll touch on it, Mike, with the whole thing with it. in Balsam. We, we had a kid named Tucker. And in the playoffs, we were playing 87 in the playoffs, and the kid ducked to take a hit, and Tucker hit him, and they gave him a boarding penalty, right? <laughs> yeah. The kid the kid hits the ice, looks at Tucker getting thrown off, and jumps right up like nothing happened. <laughs> so it's it, it's shit like that, that that bothers me, that they're making kids soft these days, like you said. You know what I mean? Like, you got to keep hitting in hockey. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, that's a fine line, you know, with the, the concussion lawsuit and – you know, obviously, I think taking the fighting out of the game and making it relatable for, you know, from the NHL to the AHL filtering down to, you know, NCAA, USHL, so on and so forth, you know, major yeah. junior Canada, that it seems that it's a little bit more, uh, I guess, you know, the referees are leaning more on the side of just call it and we'll deal with it rather than not yeah. calling it and having a kid hurt. Yeah. Which, I mean, that makes sense, too, just to make sure that someone actually isn't hurt. Sure. But at the same time, is you sign a waiver. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? So, it's – I don't know, man. Like, you can go 50-50 with that, and you can argue all day. But it's just – it's it's just frustrating no matter what, seeing kids finding any excuse to – how do I say it? Not necessarily kick someone out, but basically get advantage. Yeah. Like the slew footing, the bullshit needs to stop. Yeah. Like the butt ends. I, I see that more than anything too. And at an early age, like I see that little kids want to come out and just, you know, throw their entire leg out because they missed the hit. Sure. You and, know, you, sorry, Mike. No, go, go ahead, bro. No. And, and Eric, it's, it's at a point where like Landon, Landon had a clinic up, up near me the one night he was doing clinics, you know, and they do drills and then scrimmage at the end. And and I told Mike about this and it's on, it's on my Instagram, the video. Did you see the video of him hitting the kid? Yeah. So in, in that night, like Landon, I tell Landon to play hard, you know, like nobody takes your puck. Like, you know, it's like happy Gilmore. No one touches your ball and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I tell him. Like no one t- takes your puck. When someone has your puck, you go get it. So that's what I did. And he was stick lifting, you know, this kid. And as he stick lifting, the kid fell and cried and, and, the coach looked at Landon and the other kid and they told him to, to sit for two minutes. That that was his punishment. And I told Mike, it pissed me off. Like I'm freaking out up there. Adrian, you know, Adrian's pissed off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's, it's 
you're making hockey soft now with that yeah. shit. Like, just play hard. And then yeah. after, and then and after the fact that when his two minutes were up, he was a total different player. He did, it's like he didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, he took yeah. his momentum away. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and let's be honest, I don't have hands, so the only thing I have is to hit people. <laughs> so, without that, I really suck. But hey, I, I mean, I'll tell you what though. Either way, USA Hockey. I'm not trying to bash them, but at the same time, I'm going to fucking bash them a little bit. It, it's kind of one of those things that every couple of years, they they come up with new a new rule or something. And it's just so, especially in the DVHL, man, that league is a shit show, in my opinion. I used I played in that league when I was growing up, and you were able to not, don't get me wrong, you can't board or anything like that. Yeah. But if you blew a kid up at, like, Bantams or Midget 16s, like, and you kept your arms down and everything, it was a good hit. They yeah. let it go. Nowadays, you blow a kid up, and it's almost guaranteed you're seeing an arm get thrown up. And yeah. Just... yeah it's, it, it, you got a disciplinary hearing afterwards with the, with the DVHL afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to call him just to have a, a conversation on why you blew a kid up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You had the puck. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's still a good – I mean, it's still a good league. And it's – I mean, USA Hockey, it's – you need to have it to play anywhere in the United States. So I really can't bash them enough or else I couldn't play. But sure. Other than that, I really can't say much about them. Stop making our players soft. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, see, did you got anything else, brother? Eric, I got one more thing for you before we let you go. Yeah, what's up? Where did you come up with the stats, the, the, the stats and facts oh, on, the, uh, on, on the Instagram. Instagram story. Yes. Yes. I, it's just, I don't know where it comes from. Like we'll be talking about a guy at work and I'm like, oh, all right, let me, let me look it up. And you know, I go on hockey reference or go wherever and start clicking away. And then one thing leads to another. And, you know, I look for, for correlations between players like today's was, uh, was, it was about Bobby Orr and that he was, uh, there was one other defenseman that's won a cup a rookie of the year, a Norris and a Con Smythe. And it was Brian Leach. And like, I, I had no, had no idea. And I'm, you know, I, I grew up a pretty big Rangers fan, but yeah. Um, it's just some of the, some of the stats, you know, I, I feel like when, when people start looking at numbers and, you know, not to use the word analytics, but numbers kind of help compare things. And, you know, while Slappy McGee scored 20 goals in 1919, you know, how does that equate to, you know, Leon Dreisaitl scoring 50, that's a stretch, but there are some kind of, you know, numbers across time that kind of, you know, lead to, to conversations or, or arguments or debates about, you know, Lemieux and Gretzky, who was better at their peak, you know, Lindros and Messier, who was better at their peak, that it, it's something that I think, you know, if I don't know it, I don't know if a lot of other people know it. And, you know, I feel like sharing that and getting that out there would be good. And the feedback I've gotten, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. The feedback I've gotten is really good. You know, got either ex teammates or people I haven't talked to in a while. They're like, Oh wow, that was really good. Thank you for that. And I have people fact checking me, which is always good too. There were two that I, I didn't, I wasn't as thorough on, but uh, you know, the interaction I got on, it's pretty good. Nice. That's sick though. That's awesome, man. Nice. But, and then, and I got one, one, it was question for you. Simple yeah. answer. Best goalie of all time. Oh man. Um uh as much I know you don't want to say I don't you don't want to say it. it's I, I think it I think it's gotta be Marty Brodor. I okay. think the I think to to use a forward comparison as well, he lost about two seasons worth of work stop, you know, with work stoppages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yager lost about three by playing over in Russia and work stoppages and yep. I mean, the wins, the shutouts, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest thing kind of tilted in my favor was, you know, he's a system goalie. The devils had the left wing lock and all that stuff. He still faced the most shots and has the most saves in NHL history. So you can say system, but yeah, with some of it longevity, but the 31 seasons, you know, all the stuff, you know, the stats and numbers he put up. um, I don't know. I'll say it now. Maybe, you know, my future kids are going to make me eat my words in my grave, but I think in term, I don't think you're going to see another goalie uh, put up those kind of numbers, especially with the way that uh, you know they're going towards timeshares and no goalies yep. getting 70 starts and you know, and he also did it with ties. True, that's yeah, that's a good way to think about that too. Holy shit! 
Yeah, you you really you got to think about it. Marty Brodeur was pretty much the Tom Brady for goaltending. Yeah, he I won. Mean, you know, he won a cup in between and during two lockouts. Yeah, holy shit, that's right. Yeah, you, you got to give it to him, man. I mean, and he, I mean, besides Patrick Wall, he, him, and Patrick Wall were basically like the two goaltenders yeah. implementing the butterfly. Yeah, back then. So, I mean, man, they had a weird style coming into it, and probably everyone was like, you know, what the hell are they doing? But yet they made amazing saves. Now look at our generation of hockey. It's all butterfly. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. They started something beautiful, and yet they left a beautiful legacy. Yeah, and, you know, for a time that uh, the province of Quebec, if you wanted a goalie, that's where you were going. I mean, you look at Luongo and Flurry; Those are kind of the last guys out of there. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the, you know, the butterfly style and coming from Quebec, that – province probably for that position had the biggest impact out of any of them eric real quick i I know i keep saying we always keep saying last question (laughs) i got i got as much time as you guys want as you guys need beautiful so with roberto luongo going down to the panthers do you think he would have been better off going somewhere else to see him kind of progress a little more because i feel since he went to the panthers like we have them yeah i think that uh they tried so Florida a couple of years ago in the offseason uh, demoted who was the general manager? It wasn't was it Dale Talon? Yeah. And he was say, he yeah. was he was instrumental in building the the Blackhawks. So, you know, I don't know him, but based on paper, the guy can evaluate talent. And they brought in a new ownership group who wanted to go towards analytics. And I think that that they thought that having Luongo and also having the players that um, he would be a little bit more successful. And I think two years ago, you know, they made the playoffs and lost to the Islanders. And then the next year, everybody thought they were going to take that jump. And, you know, a 38-year-old goalie, that's, uh, you know, it's, lot, lot, it's, it's, you know, that's a lot, of, a lot of miles on the odometer. And, you know, it could be time. It, it's tough. You know, he even said it that, you know, he wants to play. You know, if you're, you're a competitor, you want to play. But I don't, at this point, I don't know where he can go to, you know, unless he's kind of, going to do what John Van Beesbrook did, jumping on with the Devils for that year, trying to win a cup, you know, as a backup, maybe. But, you know, you look at a landing spot, you look at a team with a young goalie that might want to learn the ropes, you know, then you have to factor in the cap, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But it's it's interesting, you know, that the two two winning, two of the top ten goalies of all time that aren't going to win a cup are Luongo and, and Lundqvist. And, you know, it was great to watch them, but it's one of those things that – uh if you if you're one of those people that feel that someone needs hardware to solidify their legacy, yeah, then those guys aren't considered the greatest of this generation. But it's tough to compare other guys. Maybe the only other one is Flurry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, even with Flower, he had like a weird style. And I mean, look at playoffs. I mean, he's just willing to throw his body in front of the Dave. And yeah, it's I don't know, man. Like one of those things, like Luongo and even Hanky. I mean. I would love to see them have hardware because they deserve it the most. I mean, yeah. you even said it yourself, those two are hands down probably one of the best goaltenders, at least in my legacy growing up, being able to watch them play. And even as a young kid, I, like when he got drafted, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then all of a sudden you start watching him and you're like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. I, and, I don't, yeah. I don't think anybody, you know, with, with uh, Lundqvist, I would be shocked if more than the casual Ranger fan knew who he was. And then, the other thing that makes me scratch my head, and you know, we can get into the Rangers fan thing, is Rangers fans wanting them to trade him and keep Talbot. And now, you know, there's the let's trade Lundqvist and hang on to uh, Gorgiev. <laughs> you know, these some some of them are the same ones that said Sean Avery was the key to the Rangers' success, and that might be another podcast, but. <laughs> It's, Fuck him. <laughs> it's it's one of it's one of those things that I, I feel and you know I guess it's the same thing with every team with their star player you know it's good but it's not good enough you know uh, I guess Blackhawk fans aren't fans of Crawford but the guys won cups yeah you know I'm sure there's some Kings fans that aren't fans of Jonathan Quick but the guys won cups and you know I think I think anywhere you know that no matter who your superstar is even if it's a player you know. Crosby's good, but he's missing something in his game. Or Claude Giroux's good, but he should be doing more. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. But if you don't have those guys on your team, who like, who's the better option? But same time, I would love those people that do say that to step in their shoes and give it a shot. Oh yeah, that you, and, you know what I mean. Yeah, like that, those are the type of people yeah. that fucking irritate me. It's like, bro, throw skates on and see you do it. 
Like, do it better than him. If you think that you're a fucking scout or a GM thinking that you've been around NHL for years, it's just, I hate people that think they actually know or think that they better, they're better than the actual pros. Or even the fourth-line pro in the NHL is better than most third-line, you know, I wouldn't say second, first-liners all the time, but in the AHL. So they have a reason to be there, and yeah. they all have a role to fill, and they do their role well, and that's the reason yeah. why that they're there. And people just truly don't understand that unless they know hockey. Yeah, a couple of summers when, uh, when I was still playing ice and I was an aviator, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov draft his draft year. It was, you know, the the Russian families are wide and 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 winding in terms of how everybody knows each other. But it was a cousin's uncle's friend's nephew skated at Aviator and like on the the twelve U team. Mm-hmm. So Kuznetsov was in the area and he skated on the ice with a couple of guys on the pro team and myself. And this was when he was seventeen or eighteen. Mm-hmm. Hands like disgu- unreal, like to. That to me confirmed like how far away any any kind of spark in my mind was for me to play any kind of super competitive hockey was how good this kid was as an 18 year old. And then getting to skate against a guy like Brock Nelson and a couple of other guys like these guys are so good. You know, and that kills me, too, because like there's kids that we know that are just in fucking la la land that think. You know, at 17 years old, they're going, I don't hate to say this, but they're going to NA camps and yeah. they get sent home basically on day one. And it's like, you, you need to kind of look at yourself in the mirror at some point in your life and be like, all right, do can I really pull this off? Or, yeah. you know, am I going to end up playing men's league early? Yeah. Like, it, it's funny. It's funny you say that. My, my girlfriend's brother just got, he finished up his, uh, his year 20 and uh, in the USHL for Tri-City. And, you know, he's trying to narrow it down with some D1 schools. And he, he's a very good player. And she was a good player as well. She played four years at Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, I'll say, Eric, I'll say, how Eric, you say, pardon? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Did you say tri- the Tri-City Hawks? Tri-City Storm in the OSHA. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Um, and, you know, there, she's, you know, I'll, I'll say it. She might be a better uh, player than me. I'm sure she could probably go bar down on me. Not that that's, that's hard to do. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting kind of hearing him. I was talking to him this last Mother's Day and kind of, hearing the change in him and his maturity from, you know, this summer to last summer to the summer before and kind of seeing that he knows what he needs to do this summer to really prepare himself for D1 and, you know, whatever's going to come after that. But, yeah, it's, you know, as you go up the pyramid of, you know, A to A to 18U to, you know, select teams to a regional, you know, Atlantic Hockey USA camp, like, as you go up and up and up, you know, the talent level isn't, you know, it doesn't stay the same, but the difference in success, a lot of it is, you know, the mentality and off the ice. And I guess not, not saying, oh, that guy can do it. I can do it. I don't have to work for it. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's like pe- people watch, uh, watch a show cops or watch NYPD blue or law and order. And they're like, yeah, this is what the cops should have done in that moment. Like, just cause you watch it doesn't mean you can do it. Oh Yeah. Those are the type of people I think their lawyers getting pulled over by a cop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Co- like Coach Bombay <laughs> and the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this is such a great movie. But uh, no, yeah, it, it's I don't know, man. It's just kind of one of those kids or one of those times where the younger generation has such a high expectation for them for where they want to end up yeah and then when they cut themselves short and you know they don't put the time in or they're not out there you know shooting 100 pucks a day or at least going to stick in pucks when they can or like getting as much ice time as possible if they're only going a couple times a week or you know skating twice a week and they're like well what the hell how do i not get there it's like you look at me like did you even really want it yeah because it's like your work ethic didn't show yeah yeah it was funny he was referencing like he uh the his name's christian acosta and they know the clifton so connor clifton is playing for boston now he skates with him and his two brothers over the summer and he said mm-hmm. he's like he's like i don't want to get on the ice with this guy like you know he's playing with Chara, like jokingly you know the guy's playing with chara but you know to it i it was interesting to hear that kind of change and hear like all right this is kind of what i have to do um you know not everybody is self-aware of that no yeah i mean and that's the nice part too at least he is aware of what he needs to do and he's preparing himself getting like his ducks in a row and actually finally taking the step to to actually you know or 
actually going to try out for a team. Does he have any schools lined up yet? Uh, I know he, I think he was in contact with Mercyhurst and I think a couple others, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going to go on with it, but you know, I, I'm blown away. Not, you know, I don't want this to come off the wrong way. I'm blown away at the fact that someone's, you know, willing to pay for his schooling to play hockey. You know, I think that that's, that's admirable. Um, that's awesome. You know, cause as you go up the pyramid, those chances become less and less. And, you yeah. know, they're the, the door to men's league is always open and I'm always there to, uh, to try and get in front of the puck, but you know, the longer you can put that off and play competitive hockey, you know, I guess, I guess the more successful you can consider yourself, but mm. yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't know if I was ever good enough to put myself in that position, but it's just interesting to kind of, you know, be around some people that are and kind of, it's refreshing to ha- kind of hear that not all millennials are kind of sitting around playing video games, but are willing to to go out there and do that. And I'm sure 20 years ago, our parents were all saying the same thing about us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always think about it. It's like when I was younger, I was basically drugged into the house at night instead of now where kids are forced to get kicked off the Xbox or PlayStation just go outside. That's what kills me, man. It was. I thought it was crazy. So you know, I, I'm I'm a big hockey nerd, as you guys can tell, and I listened to a couple a couple other podcasts besides your guys. And one of the it might have been Thirty One Thoughts uh, with Elliot Friedman and uh, Jeff Merrick. They had said that there was a, a first round pick by an organization that the organization had some doubts of the kid progressing down the road because he had a video game addiction. Oh my god. You know, oh take God. take it for what it's worth. You know, I I, I don't know, but you know, I, I think that 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 option and distraction. You know, you look at what's going to make you successful, and you know, whether you're a businessman, a policeman, a lawyer, it's eliminating distractions. And the fact that you know you're choosing to do that, that might be why. Yep. Yep. And, so you met, and we, we spoke about because... we spoke about Mighty Ducks before. What are your guys' favorite hockey movies? Mir- well, I think a lot of people would say Miracle, but yeah. my favorite, oh, man. I'm going to go with Youngblood. Yeah, I think that's up there because I, you know, awesome. the older Slap I got. Slapshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, the older I got, like, watching Youngblood and, you know, you know being around some level of, of hockey, you're like, that doesn't happen, like. Those two guys don't do a regroup in the neutral zone around the center ice, not passing back and forth and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, R- Racky with the, well, actually, I guess Racky with his, you know, his, the padding in his helmet being strong on, I'm sure that that does happen. But, you know, the nostalgia of it, I think, is, is, is almost better at times than the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was able, oh, I was fortunate enough when I was playing 18 AA. Um, we, we went down and played down in Johnstown and yeah. we made it to the final and we actually went and played where the actual slap shot was filmed at Johnstown or Johnstown Chiefs Arena. And um, it was sick because they actually, when you walk in there, they have like a little memorial for them and it's like a, like a glass room pretty much. So this, <laughs> put it this way, this rink is hick as, as yeah. absolutely it can get. I mean, it's their goal horn is like a Bud Light signs that light up. <laughs> and yeah it's a great time they had like shadow boxes where like windows were literally missing because i think people are like throwing beer cans in it so you look inside there's just like beer cans so yeah i think people are living in there too but anyway it was cool because you walk in there you just look at everything and it's all about you know the chiefs and the movie and everything like that and it's like wow you, and then you go out and you skate on it it was just cool because we got dressed in the same locker room that they filmed in and it was just one of those things that you like really took in. It's like, wow, like you're really here. Like, it was cool. That's why. Awesome. And that Johnstown, like the actual town, was really shitty. Yeah, the uh, you know some some of those some of those towns in the coast and the Fed and everything. It's uh, it's small town is at its best. Or worse. Oh my god! Everyone said like um like the, our hotel was maybe like five miles away, and they're like, yeah, you're lucky you guys aren't staying around here. We've been seeing needles left and right. And I was like, oh. That's that's good. I was like, cool. Are we in Philly or what? Around town. <laughs> like, shit. But yeah, man. No. Um, I'll tell you what. We appreciate you coming on. Honestly, TJ, do you have anything? No, I'm good, man. We're good. Right, yeah, Eric, thank you for coming on, man. We truly Eric, appreciate thanks, it. Man. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, boys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, All brother. Have a good one. Bye. Bye, bye. Pure beauty, dude. That guy is awesome. He knew his shit. Like, he knew his stats.
He, he, he I'm telling you, you got to watch him more. Or follow him on um, Instagram. Yo, I'll tell you right now, Mister. Uh, you're fucking quiet over there. What's that? You were quiet that entire time. I was like, hmm. Nah, man. He he knows his shit. He he knows his shit. He, no, lo- he really does. Though. He I loves. He part. generally loves hockey. I want to play against him now. <laughs> he's good, man. He's a good goalie. Yeah, he's gonna probably make me look so bad. Fuck. It's funny um, because like he's he when he plays he plays out too and he's he's he plays out well. Like oh great. He's an all around hockey player. Another John D. Donato. Johnny. Oh. Sick talk. Go fuck ourselves. John, if you can hear me, disconnect and try again. I'll send you another invite. I can't hear you. But anyway, right. yeah. Cool. Yeah, he uh dude, they play a tab and like he said, like the talent that where he the talent where he plays is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But sick though, like I would love to have a men's league skate like that at Whitehall. It's literally a bunch of fucking like seven year olds coming out there, and it's like, oh, I have to hand you the puck now because if I don't, you look like the, that guy at you know open hockey as a douche. No, oh. and it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Next time, let me just get on the fucking mirror lens. Let me get the black toques, the fucking yellow laces. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna teach. Hey, Johnny. There you are. I heard you the first time, but it asked me to access my microphone. I don't know what the fuck. You got to fucking hit that button, guy. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? How you been? Good, man. How are you? Good. It's my co-host, Mike. Mike, this is JD. What's, What's up, going Mike? on, JD? How are you, brother? Good, man. Good. I was wondering I who this guy was. I've been guys. listening to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's, my, he's my equipment manager for uh, for coaching. Ah, all right. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, I keep the wash, the towels warmed, and the bench door <laughs> yeah. open. I was TJ's water boy one time too. Really? I'll trade you anymore. <laughs> fuck. It's getting old. How's life, man? Good? Yeah, man. Good. You know. Congratulations on the baby coming. Yeah, same old. AD coming. God help Hell us. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to pump that fucking baby full of muscle milk or what? Uh, maybe. I'm going to put him on skates before he can walk. <laughs> maybe, he'll, maybe he'll know how to finish. <laughs> Not like us. Not like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you finished once. You, you know, you're having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you still playing or what? I actually haven't played in like a good two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside fucking around, but yeah. I haven't played any, you know, any real hockey. So you don't play with the bees anymore? No, the bees broke up, man. Really? Yeah. We've been trying to get the band back together for like a year, but they're all a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> So, so Mike, if uh, this is this is my buddy that fucking went off on Sean Avery on Instagram. Oh, I uh, fucking love you already. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sean Avery. Yeah, this, oh, he's this fucking, fucking guy yelling at people in the fucking bike lane, not hockey. Yeah. Like th- this guy, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I do watch those videos and I laugh because it's pretty funny. <laughs> but he's this guy, he's such a tool. He's such a typical arrogant rich city person. Oh, go, absolutely. He rides a, up to people and just curses them out. Like, there's a guy unloading his truck. And if you know anything about working in Manhattan, it's a fucking nightmare. He's just trying to unload his truck and you get this idiot. You got a grown man on a bike at 8.30 on a Tuesday morning cursing him out for trying to do his job. <laughs> Can you imagine that guy's unloading the truck? He's probably been up since like 5 o'clock, fucking dealing yeah. with everything. <laughs> And all of a sudden, eight thirty, you're just unloading. You're halfway done. You're like, oh man, I can't wait to get out of here. Then you get this shithead, fucking, oh my god. Uh, I say it all the time. I'm like, if you, he's gonna run into the wrong guy, he is. I mean, someone's gonna you. shit fuck, and someone's gonna shit pump him one day. But yes. you ever notice? It's kind of like one of those things that he picks the certain people to go after. Right. Like, I right. Uh, that's one thing that I noticed, man. Like he's at, he's going after like Grubhub guys that are like skinnier than him. It's like, oh, uh, no, I just, you're real fucking tough, Sean. I say it to my brothers all the time. I'm like, I pray that this guy runs into my pops because my father will pull over in the middle of the street. JD, real talk somebody, here. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody did that to my father, my father rides around Manhattan waiting for something like that to happen. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, I got to ask this now. And, you part, is your family part of the mafia now? Because that's a little... Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 
No, it's just everybody from from where I'm from just talks like this. No. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. hey, Johnny. No, my my father actually sounds exactly like Rocky Balboa. Oh, like my marbles God. in his mouth and everything. Do you fight like him too? Because in that case, I'll make sure to run the other way. Um, I I I get hit a lot like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get punched in the head over and over and just eat it, but I can't throw a punch for shit. <laughs> Yeah, my tactics kicking the dick and run. <laughs> so how, how about you, Keith? Start screaming yeah, rape yeah. really loud. Yeah, here here and there, you know, thirty five and over. I dude, I, I don't even touch inline anymore. It's only iced. Yeah. Yeah. We're about to change that May thirty first. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get TJ back in the blades. Oh, oh yeah. The going, wheels, man. Not the blades. It'd be great. I don't know why, but for some reason. Like tournament is nervous for us to play, and or I don't know, I don't know what it is. So there's a there's a tournament there. Like they caught wind that you know, like Mike and I would be playing together, and you know, like how you know when we played pro, and it's just it's a fucking joke. They're like scared. Where are you playing? Uh, it's a tournament in Maryland called the Big One. Bro, I suck <laughs> at hockey, so I don't know why they're so worried. Yo, you know who's playing on our team? You know, you know Trunzo, Frankie. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. He's from the fucking island. You guys all know each other. Nah, not really. <laughs> I, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a plant in Staten Island. And now I'm going to Jersey, so I'm going to be a Jersey boy. Where are you moving in Jersey? Um, actually like five, ten minutes from Tab Ramos in Matawan. Do you hear they fucking, they changed uh, owners? It's not Tab Ramos anymore? No, what's it called? I don't know. I'll send, I'll send you the picture when we get off here. I'll text it to you. It's, it's like, yeah, JD. High, it's like high you know, point something. You know what comes after Jersey, right? PA, because everyone <laughs> fucking, for some reason, where I live, all from Jersey, but I live in Pennsylvania, and it doesn't make sense. We just keep making skips. We, we, the goal is to get further and further away from... The you guys are going to make it all the way down to Florida by 2021. <laughs> Maybe not Florida. That's where you go to die. It's going to be like the Cuban flotilla, except it's just going to be nothing but fucking New York and just going straight down. You still uh, AK, though. You still talk to any of the guys you played with? Yeah, like Garantano, yeah. my cousin yeah. and all them. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, not like we used to. He's still married or what? Yeah, we're all married, having kids Jesus and shit. Christ. So. Yeah, life's you guys joined. Yeah. You guys joined the party late, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. You, no, no, no. You started the party early. <laughs> You're a throwback, not in our generation. Yo, we had, uh, we had, Adrian, we had Adrian on the last podcast. I know. I I seen. It. I was like, oh, I want to listen yeah. to that one. They started gang. They started fucking ganging up on me in the beginning. I, I bet it wasn't they should. too bad. Though. It wasn't bad. I thought it'd be worse, but she. Uh, do you remember? You remember Alan Peters, the the one that came to the wedding? Yes, the guitar player. Yes. <laughs> yes. He he. Have you heard? He's been on the podcast. I did not hear. Yeah, he, no. he's been Shit. on. He's been on a bunch of them. Oh, you're gonna love it. So, so my my ultimate goal here is to have you, Alan, and Adrian on at one time. All right, that I that's that Mike did that. That's gonna be a good podcast since uh, the King will not be attending anytime soon until June. It, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was the it, King? It, not... The King of Allentown. You know what? Uh, uh, I originally thought he got abducted nope, by the Russian nope. mafia. He, he, me- he messaged me today, and he's uh, he will not be attending until June. Is he al- well, at least we know he's alive. Yeah, he's alive, so he's good. <laughs> That's not yeah. Okay. Who, Alan? No, uh, this guy called King of Allentown. It's like he's like the fucking mayor of Allentown. Everybody knows him. Oh, okay. Except okay. he's just not the mayor. No. Yeah. 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 He's just like you know the proverbial man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. Keep your sixteen-year-old daughters away from him. That's it. Yeah, right. Well, good thing I'm having a boy. Oh, you're fine. You're. Oh, you're <laughs> when uh, when when's the baby due? Uh, August twenty-seventh. Nice. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. You getting that kid fucking snipped or what? Am I getting him snipped? Yeah. Well, he's not a dog, TJ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Getting that? What do I look? You getting that fucking foreskin snipped off or what? <laughs> what do I look like? Of course, he's not going to walk around with some anteater dick. <laughs> Well, God, well, kid won't get laid till he's like twenty five. Oh, it'd be like Paul Raymond, <laughs> <laughs> or Danny Valero. Oh, you're bad. You're bad. 
Actually, Paulie Boy's getting married too. He hasn't been married yet. No, Jesus, it took him a while. Right, getting married this year. Isn't he? He's, he's still with Steph, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, thought that was the latest one. My cousin's got a baby now. He's getting married this year. What's your uh, What's your brother up to? I mean, oh, which one? One, one, one of, of fucking nine. <laughs> <laughs> but which one? Joey. Joey. Joey's doing good. Yeah. You know, he's got a girl. He's still crazy. He's still the same guy. Just uh, a little taller, a little more jacked. He's drinking muscle milk now. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had muscle milk in years. I'm, I'm skinny and I look like I'm like four months pregnant, TJ. You wouldn't even recognize me. Mountain Dew and muscle milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's just Coca-Cola. Regular milk. <laughs> Fucking no more gym. <laughs> I only did that to get the girl. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue looking like a meathead. You know. <laughs> Jim Tan Laundry. Daughter. Jim Tan Laundry. Yeah, yeah. That, that used to that used to be me. Jim Tan Laundry. A little bit of hockey on the side. Fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TJ used to give me so much shit. Why did you come make in with a... pounds of gel on or no? No, just just he, he kind of used to give it to all the Staten Island guys that used to go in there. You know, maybe call maybe call an extra penalty or two on him. <laughs> like when he was refing you. Oh fuck! Wait, that when he was refing, yeah. This I mean, TJ, it was like 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was when I just met my wife. Oh my god! Yeah, we, he that's when that's when we uh, we played AIHL together. Yeah, right, right there. Yep. TJ met us. He's like, I fucking hate all these Staten Island kids. <laughs> and then he got to know us, and he fell in love with us. Yeah. He's like, wow, these kids. Are I was crazy. not. I, I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. I was not a big fan of the Staten Island guys. I was like, these fucking assholes, right? I, and then I got to know him and talking to him. Like, these guys are fucking buttes. <laughs> Do you what happened when you learned to actually read a book instead of covered? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you, you can't really blame people. Staten Island's reputation is kind of the well deserved. Oh yeah, but like what a what a good part of New York, you know, not so bad. Once you get past the, you know, the talking like we, you know, we uh didn't get past the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, I fucking love it. <laughs> hey, it could be worse. I mean, you could be from Massachusetts, where it sounds like you know everything's like a ah, like yeah, fucking Boston, <laughs> fucking Boston's gonna win again, boys. <laughs> Fucking hope not, right? I'm moving to San Jose now. Just anybody but them. Hey, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think of your Rangers, man? Your boy, your boy Hank's gonna leave the Rangers. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, you know, I, first of all, I don't know how much I believe that. Second of all, honestly, not me. I, I would never want to see him traded, but they should have traded him when they had the chance, when they could have got something for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But. I, I'm never the one. I, I want to see him retire a Ranger, you know, but then we got this, the, the kid, um, this fucking new expansion team in Seattle is going to steal our goalie. You think so? I, I mean. Seattle? Yeah. I think, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of ridiculous the way they do it now. It's not a real expansion team. You know, it's cheap. I feel like they're going to, but at the same time, they should have did like, like you said, if you guys wanted to get like a good deal out of it, they should have did him and a Zuccarello like package. Yeah, I mean, I mean something. I, I just don't know. Like when he said, "Listen, I want to stay. I want to stay." You know, I, I respect that in a way. Yeah, absolutely. But now he said he wants to get traded. I, you know, if he said that, then fuck him. I root for the laundry, not the player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You bleed the blue. That's right. But that's like us. We bleed the orange, and uh, the Flyers aren't going to have too. Well, actually, they should have a decent season next season, depending on our goalie situation. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not even trying to take a dig at you, TJ, but they, they think that every year about the fucking flies. What's going on? <laughs> Very true. Very true. And what do you what do you guys think about Hughes and Kako? Oh, uh, I think Kako's gonna go over Hughes. I think so too. You know what? When everyone's saying one thing, it kinda makes me nervous. You know, it's like everybody's on Kako. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, everybody. So it makes me feel like shit. Like he'll come to the he'll come to the ring. Listen, he he in. just he's been making moves on NHL guys in in the in the world. No, he looks good. Yeah, he's, he he's, he's good. ridiculous. But I, I don't think the Devils are going to pass on him. 
you never know, man. It's New Jersey. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, exactly, though. You really don't know. Whatever. I, I mean, I do think Hughes is going to be a lot better in a few years because he's, like, not developed. Yeah. Well, and I think that's it. I think he's just not developed yet. And I hate to say it, I would rather see him in the AHL get a season under his belt, kind of get a little bit of the – because you got to think about it. Like, when they're going into NHL, the problem is not playing simple hockey. Like, that's – from a lot of scout standpoint, they always say, like, what they're trying to do now is, you know, when they're in the farm system, is, yeah, they have the skill, they have the talent, they have the speed, they have everything, but they don't know how to slow it down for themselves, make the simpler, simpler plays instead of stretching it or try to do it themselves, get – if you look right. at the leagues that some of these guys come from, the KHL, the O, the Q, the USHL, it's all high-scoring leagues because it's all individuals, you know, pretty much, how I say it? Yeah, just dangling people. Yeah. Exactly. They're going to learn how to play deep NHL defense, really. Exactly. So that's, like, my standpoint on it. And it, it's funny because um, a lot of people, you know, they always say, like, well, not – I mean, they don't really have to play simpler hockey when it's, you know, nothing but pure speed and finesse. But in reality, you do. If you can't make a simple breakout, teams are going to take advantage of that. Yeah. Or if so. you can't stay in position and, you know, stay in a defensive position, like little shit like that in the NHL, yeah. it's almost a goal every time. Fill the pockets. That's all you have to do. Right. Yep. But, Tej, you got anything else, brother? Nah, man. JD, we're going to have you on more, okay? Anytime, TJ. Anything for you, buddy. Miss you. Miss you too, man. I got. We got to meet up soon. All right, guys. All right, hey, keep up nice good meeting you, brother. Been good. Thanks, bud. Talk to you later. Later. All right, man. So let's wrap this bad girl up. And uh, before we do that, we gotta talk about our sponsors. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Can I? Can I go first here? Yeah, go for it, bro. So, guys, uh, y'all gotta check out Rink Rat Hockey. Okay. Go check them out on Instagram, Rink Rag Hockey. Give them a follow. Check out their wheels. Best in-line wheel out there. Um, couldn't ask for any you know, better wheel to, to be out there for you guys to use. I'll tell you what, man. And, and the crazy part with Rink Rat is I grew up on Rink Rat reels. Oh, yeah. And I, just the type of selection that they have from, you know, the extra soft even to, you know, the harder wheels. It's it's great because their selection, even from every season, um, it, it always changes. So, like CJ said, man, go give Rinkrat some love. Um, again, I wish we had a promo code, but we don't. Maybe one day we'll get that in the works. Um, but real quick, I guess we got to talk a little about Goodwood as well. Absolutely. Um, so, as everyone knows, Goodwood Hockey's uh, started up by Kelly. Kelly has been our sponsor, God, for a while now, and she's kick-ass. And also, so is her merchandise. Um so if you guys go on goodwoodhockey.com, if you guys want to get any information about them, um, what they're about, what their charity is about, because the sick thing with Kelly, she's always about giving back and trying to make, you know, other people that don't have a lot have a little bit more in life. So this season they have a t-shirt. We talked about a previous podcast. It's not called live, love hockey. That's no longer um, a part of the charity water. It's now called score nebula. Score Nebula um, has been getting a ton of attention lately. It's a sick T-shirt. Um, if you go on Goodwood Hockey, give it a look. Um, and also, if you if it's from youth all the way to adult, even women's tees, um, every portion um, from that purchase of Score Nebula will go to Charity Water. And if you guys want a description about that, there's a link about it in Goodwood Hockey's website. So, again, go to Goodwood Hockey. Give it some love. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah, and guys, I want you guys to check out AT8 Hockey on Instagram. Uh, they got a closeout sale on sticks right now for one forty nine. Uh, go give them a follow, give them a message, tell them we sent you. They got hats, gloves, shirts, anything you need. Go check them out. Rising business on you know on the incline here, guys. That's AT8 Hockey on Instagram. And last but not least, of course, is the fucking OG. Our hometown heroes is like was what we like to call them, but it is Bear Beards, B A R E Beards. Um, two local guys that I grew up playing roller with. They're fucking excuse my language. They're beauties. Um, if you guys go to Etsy.com, what's that? (laughs) You can say it. Yeah, fuck it. They're beauties. (laughs) So if you guys go to Etsy.com, it's E T S Y dot com. 
and type in Bear Beards. They have all your beard essentials from oils, bombs, combs, chapstick. Um, they even have merchandise. So if you guys want a T-shirt, give them some love. Get a T-shirt. Um, the sick part is we do have a promo code for them. It's called Gong Show 10. So at the end of your order, you type in promo code Gong Show 10. You get 10% off your entire order. Um, and also, if you guys want to give them a solid review, I'm not sure can you do it on Etsy. Um, I got to double check. But Facebook, you definitely can. So go to Facebook, type in, again, B-A-R-E, Beards, and give them some love and let them know that you listen to Dusty Dimes. So other than that, again, thank you guys listening to another hour-long podcast. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy it. And, again, we'll see you guys soon. Yep, Stay Dusty. Also, go Sharks. Go Sharks, go. <laughs> <laughs> stay Dusty, boys.